From the Heart. This is the official podcast of Pope's Prayer Network USA. I'm Father Joe Laramie, Director. We'll be with you reflecting together on a life of prayer, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Pope's intentions coming to you every month from Pope Francis. Yes, hello everyone at the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'll begin the introductions. My name is Katie. I am currently a second year master's student at Marquette University. I study theology. Um, happy to be joining you today to discuss the topic of reconciliation. Um, here with me, I have Father Joe Laramie, the director, and um, Vinny Stoll. Uh, Father Joe? Yes, Father Joe Laramie, Jesuit priest, coming to you from beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, our headquarters for the United States. And I just started my job this summer, June of 2020, and uh, really excited to talk about this sacrament that I love, both hearing confessions and going to confession. And I am Vinny. I am a senior at Marquette University. Uh, been with Popes Worldwide for around uh, six months, half a year now. Um, so, yeah, just to open it up, um, Father Joe, do you want to give us a little background on what your definition of reconciliation is, um, kind of why we're talking about it today? Absolutely. So, as you may know, every month, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, puts out a special prayer intention, and this month it is for reconciliation, especially that sacrament. He says, let us pray that we may experience the sacrament of reconciliation with renewed depth to taste the infinite mercy of God. A couple key points there. That word mercy, I think, is uh, really a key one for Pope Francis. We had the year of mercy a few years ago. This is a word sort of close to his heart, and he sees it especially tied into that sacrament of reconciliation. All right, yeah, nice. So, kind of growing up, I think a lot of us, we might have received the sacrament of reconciliation or at least heard about it and know about it. Um, But what do you think... uh, like, how do you examine your conscience while going into reconciliation? How would you say, um, like, what are some of the things that you might look at regarding, um, like, maybe virtues or um, some of the Ten Commandments? Like, a- anything that you use as a reference point to see how, uh, how you kind of examine your conscience? Definitely. I, you know, I think for us Jesuits, this sacrament is really central And, of course, Pope Francis, our Jesuit pope, we're so excited, we're so proud of him. So I I think he's drawing on this great tradition uh, rooted in the life of St. Ignatius Loyola himself, who, for St. Ignatius, he said even for a good retreat, really the centerpiece should be the sacrament of reconciliation. You know, let's say on retreat you have time for prayer, for reflection, to look back at your life with gratitude for what God has done, but also you know, a kind of honest look at uh, some of the rough spots, sorrow, and uh, bringing that to the Lord. Also, that practice of the examination of conscience prayer of St. Ignatius Loyola, um, something Jesuits are asked to do every day. I'm sure Pope Francis does it every day. Again, a way of looking back with gratitude on the day, but also honestly acknowledging, yeah, here's where I've fallen short, uh, my weaknesses, my sins, and to bring those to the Lord. All right. Um, Katie, maybe could you shine some light on how the sacrament is kind of endangered right now or, or why 
maybe like it's such a great sacrament like I remember growing up loving it and everything I think we all have um, but maybe like why um, some Catholics might not be going as much as they could be or um, yeah just shed some light mm-hmm. on that topic yeah I think the sacrament is seen as an endangered sacrament by some just because of the fact that while people know it's out there um, and it is a thing that has happened in the tradition of our church um, as many as three quarters of Catholics today practice a sacrament once a year or less. So it's just really growing in popularity. Not many people take advantage of the sacrament to the extent that we really should. And um, yeah, we're called to do. And I think one of the reasons might be, might have something to do with the fact that um, people are afraid of going to the sacrament and first of all, feeling shame or fear of what the priest might say or think, or, just this fear that they're returning with the same sins over and over again. Um, However, Pope Francis says that God understands us and he understands our faults and our failings um, and that we are prone to relapse again and again. And so he says, instead of this feeling um, of shame, we should just approach the sacrament continuously in order to, quote, relapse into goodness, into asking for mercy. So instead of thinking of it as relapsing again and again into the same sins, we can think about it in terms of relapsing again and again into this unique opportunity to ask for mercy and to relapse into goodness. Yeah, I always felt like reconciliation was a great way kind of like to heal, to Mm -hmm. kind of become like closer with yourself and acknowledge some of the the faults or failings you might have had. Definitely. Um, Yeah, is there any way that you think like during this Lenten season now that you think either of you... Um, that reconciliation could really enhance the experience of Lent? Yeah, I wonder if there's really a kind of an opening for growth for a lot of people in this sacrament. Um, Mm -hmm. For instance, we're recording this on a college campus, uh, Marquette University, Jesuit School. You know, on many college campuses, there's now talk about these safe spaces where people can go, uh, like free from judgment and maybe have some quiet. Well, in fact, the sacrament of reconciliation is kind of the original safe space. Like, you, you can speak from your heart with great honesty, even about some tough things, and know that you're going to be forgiven by God, mm-hmm. given some words of wisdom and encouragement from a priest. I know I've had some great confessors who've really been uh, great influences on me. You know, even people just seeking, hey, I want to be listened to. You know, I want some support in my faith. Even those one-on-one connections that I think people are hungering for in this kind of pandemic world, you know, I wonder if some of these graces of confession might draw people back. So, Father Joe, what what do you think would, like, if we're in the confession right now, what would you recommend or, or what would maybe be, like, good qualities of a good confession? Sure. You know, I would say take a little time to reflect on, you know, your day and looking back, okay, how long has it been since my last confession? And, uh... For some folks, it's been uh, six weeks, others six months or six years. But to take an honest look, okay, Lord, um, what's been going on? What am I grateful for? Also, what am I not so proud of? So that when you come into confession, you know, you have a couple main points in mind. Um, You know, honestly, you don't have to give me all the gritty details, but do give me an honest assessment. Um, What can be tricky of people who are really kind of vague who will say, well, there's things I've done that probably I should not have done. Okay, I'm sure that's true, but actually it's going to help you if you're a little more clear and upfront to say, yeah, uh, 
in my marriage, you know, here's a couple things that I really want to take responsibility for here in my job. Um, maybe I'm showing up late. Um, maybe I'm taking some things that I ought not to or whatever that might be. You know, I'd say name it because that's going to help you and you're going to receive the outflowing of mercy that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I don't know. Like, let's say I was coming to the confessional and or, or I was thinking about going to reconciliation, especially during this Lenten season. But I was getting a little nervous and I was kind of like, man, like, I don't know if I can confess what's on my chest or come to grips with like what's happened in the past. Is there yeah. anything you either of you would say to kind of how to counsel people that are going through something similar to that? Yeah, I would say, um, first of all, there's no shame in going behind the screen. I think that's a (laughs) beautiful opportunity to just remember that the priest is acting in the person of Christ, like we're really meeting Christ in the confessional. Um, And the reason we do that is to really get those sins off of our chests and own them um, and really realize them and say them out loud to another person. That way we can really let go of them. and we don't have to keep those bottled up inside or just hang on to those as our own thing. We're giving them to Christ for him to forgive and wash clean. Um, and so, yeah, I think it it comes down to just really viewing the sacrament as this wonderful gift and um, this beautiful meeting with, with Christ. Yeah, even to say, you know, there's kind of a couple schools of thought that are both fully legitimate. One is going behind the screen, which is gives you a real freedom, I think, to speak honestly. Um, and even for the priest, we're totally fine with that. The church has a long tradition of going um, anonymously. Kind of another approach is to kind of like cultivate a connection with one particular confessor. So maybe one priest you feel like, you know, this guy knows me, maybe it's my pastor. Um, if you're, let's say, a student at a school, you're a Jesuit chaplain or a priest who's on staff, you know, so that over time you can even build up a connection to say, gosh, you know, Father, I mentioned this last time, and thankfully I'm really growing in this area, but then here's another place where I feel like I'm really falling short. So to say these are both fully legitimate options, and, um, you know, the church gives us some freedom in this area. So you would say you're more of a face-to-face kind of guy when it comes to reconciliation, not so much the opaque screen kind of guy? Yeah, and some of this is the unique situation of being a priest. So I live with 30 priests at Marquette University. You know, I pretty much go to one of the guys in my house, um, one of the older guys who's a chaplain on campus who is terrific. You know, he's kind of seen it all. He himself has been a teacher, a pastor, is also a man with a lot of mercy and uh, wisdom to say, okay, gosh, you know, when I was a young priest, maybe I struggled with this or that, so here's some things that have helped me. So, yeah, for me, it's more often face-to-face, but again, I'm totally respectful of people that choose uh, to go behind a screen. Yeah. Katie, where do you kind of land on uh, that line? Um, it just depends for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I go, I, I do both ways, but I think that's so interesting that you go to confession with your housemate. That's yeah, yeah be quite the bond. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is fun in a way <laughs> um, that you know. I know these guys, and they, in a certain way, they could probably list off my sins before I say them. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're eating meals together. We're at mass together. If I forget to take out the trash or leave a mess in the kitchen, like everybody's probably going to notice. Um, right. And then another little experience is sometimes with 
let's say Jesuit buddies my age. Okay, let's say we're going out to dinner, you know, kind of pre-pandemic. We're going to go get some pizza. We're going to chit-chat before we go out. And maybe I say, hey, man, can you can you actually hear my confession before we go out? Um, just want to get some peace of mind. So he hears my confession. And then he might say, hey, Laramie, actually, what if we switch chairs here? Um, you know, do you mind hearing my confession too? Wow, and, yeah. And for me, you know, there's something really beautiful about that. There's this brotherhood of the priesthood. We're helping each other. And everybody needs this sacrament, you know. I'm not just telling you to do it. I go myself. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, what about like, okay, like let's say you haven't been to reconciliation in a while. Do you think there's a difference with like ho- the whole like venial versus mortal sin? Like if you feel like something more serious is kind of like you've had guilt over or, or it's been weighing on you, that would be a better time to go? Or do you think it should be kind of like a regular monthly thing? Like is there something that either of you live in your lives that, that you kind of prefer a certain method over the other? I'll, I'll encourage many people like, okay, if you're practicing your faith and if you have the ability, I, I'd say once a month would be kind of an ideal, you know, even just think, how far back can you realistically remember? Right. I mean, for a right. lot of us, <laughs> okay, a month, I can pretty much remember stuff. Okay, other people, depending on circumstances, I might say, okay, how about twice a year? Like, let's say Advent and Lent, you know? Mm-hmm. If you see the priest wearing purple, that's a little signal, like, hey, I should probably, again, even an image, like, what if you cleaned your house only once every six years? Yeah. That would be that's a mess, a wouldn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> what about once a month? Okay, that's better. What about twice a year? Well, okay, not perfect, but still, that's for some folks maybe the best option. Um, Katie, do you have advice? Um, what do your friends have to say about this? Yeah, I think, again, this is like a personal decision. Um, I mean, we, we hear of popes going once a week, and so I think that's just like a telling Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, tip there. Mm-hmm. I I like to go as frequently as I can um, just because I really I really think it helps prepare the soul for the reception of the Eucharist. And um, again, there's no shame in like using it as a good preparation for u- the Eucharist. Um, and so, yeah, I go as often as I can. But um, yeah, I think once a month, too, is a good a good marker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, also I'll say now and then I hear about folks having a bad experience in confession, and that's, you know, I'm always sad to hear that. I I think for most people it's a good experience. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, honestly, hey, you might catch a priest on a bad day if he seems kind of rushed or, um, I don't know, gives you advice that seems not very helpful. You know, I'd say I'm sorry to hear that. If if it's appropriate even to, you know, mention to— his pastor, for instance, or his superior, like, hey, just a heads up, this guy, um, I wasn't real happy with my experience today. But I'd say it's a little bit like, okay, going to a doctor. So let's say um, you have an injury, you go to a doctor, and then you come out of there thinking, gosh, that doctor was kind of a jerk. He was kind of rude. I'm never going to see a doctor again. Like, well, gosh, you know, let me say, don't hurt yourself to punish him, you know? Like, we all need this sacrament. There are some terrific confessors out there. So just to say, if you have one bad experience, I'm so sorry about that. But, you know, don't hurt yourself by avoiding it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I also think a lot of people 
just kind of get turned off to the idea because it seems like it's hard to find, you know, like they never know when confession is happening. Um, but a lot of the times masses or churches will have confession right before mass starts, which is a good time to go. Um, or like Father Laramie said, um, during the seasons of Advent or Lent, they'll have dedicated times for confession, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel that. I feel like when I, like all the, like we would go for my grade school and even in high school, we'd have reconciliation like twice a year, like usually around Lent and Advent. Um, and I always kind of tried to like personalize my reconciliation experience because I always was like, well, I prefer like face to face because I feel like there's more of like a connection between you and the priest that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want a priest that I know very well because I was always kind of like, well, I don't know how like honest can I be with this guy? Is he going to look at me a certain way when I start <laughs> passing him in the hallways in high school? Mm -hmm. So like that, but that was just for me. Like, I feel like you could personalize your experience to like what you're most comfortable with, like whether it's like behind the screen and it's like not as much. Um, like, a, like you'd kind of prefer that route. Um, but yeah, I think you could definitely go either way, but okay. I, I thought this was kind of an interesting question for Father Joe. Katie, you might be able to touch on it a little bit, but can a priest really reveal what he has heard from others? Yeah, Katie, you're a grad school, uh, theologian. So tell us briefly what's kind of the church's understanding on that. Um, the church's understanding correct me if I'm wrong, is like absolutely never may a priest reveal the sins that he has heard in the confessional mm -hmm. um, with severe consequences if he did. Um, and I think you mentioned the other day that this rarely ever happens. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's, that's telling. Yeah. And really, thankfully, I, I mean, I cannot recall a case of this happening. Um, Okay, definitely we've seen some priests uh, in real scandals over the last several years, and yet, honestly, this is one that I have not heard about and I don't think is happening. I think guys do take this extremely seriously. The mm -hmm. church takes it extremely seriously. Um, if a priest were to do this, he would be immediately suspended from ministry, and there's a pretty long, unpleasant process for him to get back in the good graces of the church. Um, and again, there's the church would sort of flesh this out, like, okay, were you being, uh, you know, tortured by an authoritarian government? Like, okay, that's going to be more understandable than, mm -hmm. who knows, some other context of, like, an offhanded remark or something. But just to say, you know, we take this seriously. And honestly, there is a kind of grace of hearing confessions and largely forgetting what you've heard. Um, sure, yeah. We'll call that grace. Um you know, and even consciously, I think my effort is to bring all these things to Christ and that he's the one that truly frees us and wipes away these things. So there is, I think, a lot of grace flowing there. Yeah, and I think we were talking in the office the other day, like how there's several priests that have been, like, even under, like, potential threat of, like, torture or execution, mm -hmm. of, like, threat of being imprisoned, and, and they still hold mm -hmm. the seal of secrecy no matter what, this, that seal of confession. So that, I think that's so cool that... that um, how strong that, that bond is for reconciliation. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are we looking pretty good on time right now? Okay. So um, maybe like kind of maybe a closing question um, for how the, like Lent is kind of shaping for us. Uh, just like 
overall, how do we, why do we think it's important for people to confess their sins to a priest? And what's kind of like the effects of the sacrament that you could have maybe long term? Well, I'll answer, I think, the impact this sacrament has had for me during Lent, um, the sec or the season. Um, in a homily recently, I heard a priest say, if we are continuously saying to the Lord, I'm sorry, I love you, then we will have a very different Lent in a positive way. And I think reconciliation is the best way to really motivate and enable that whole mantra of like um, asking forgiveness, just very simply saying, Lord, I'm sorry, but I love you. And yeah, it's really key to this process of conversion that we're called to during Lent. Um, and so, yeah, I think reconciliation is just really important for that, that process. Yeah, I think, again, that personal connection is something we, we all need, we're all looking for, um, that yes, I can sin against God, and I am a person, God is a person, and I can speak to another person in the priest to be forgiven. You know, let's say even in a marriage, um, you know, married couples need support, they need encouragement. Yes, they need to talk to each other, but also they need some outside graces that you know, a man could confess something regarding his marriage, and then it could be that, yeah, he also needs to have a conversation with his wife about that, but that, you know, we we have an incarnate faith, a personal faith, and that personal sacrament in confession is really a blessing. Right. Yeah, I think it is a really strong personal connection. Um, Key, do you have any, like, closing quotes or any anything special from Pope Francis really quick that uh, we could end on? Um, yeah, just in closing, um, I think, yeah, Pope Francis, Francis gave us a quote from his homily, which is from March 29th, 2019, and he said, only by being forgiven can we set out again with fresh confidence after having experienced the joy of being loved by the Father to the full. Um, and yeah, I just think that's a really great quote for the sacrament. And uh, I'll just give a little plug. Do check out our website. We are at popesprayerusa.net. We're also on the social media scene at Pope's Prayer USA. We've got little videos, reflections, things for Lent, things connected to the Sacrament of Reconciliation to help you reflect and prepare. So do find us, and uh, we're so happy you could join us today. Thank thanks. you. Yeah, and, thanks so much. And that's a wrap. Check out our website, popesprayerusa.net. Find us on YouTube and social media, at Pope's Prayer USA. Join us next time. God bless.